Welcome to The Bridge, a podcast exploring how we get to the future we really want. My name is Jared Michaels. I am a Zen priest, a psychotherapist, and a longtime student of this bridge. I am thrilled to be here with my friend and colleague Chris Searles and our guests as we try to build this bridge together. Welcome to The Bridge. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Chris Searles. I'm founder and director of Biointegrity. I'm super happy to be here with my friend Jared Michaels and our special guest, Sherry Herndon. Yeah, welcome, Sherry. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Sherry. First of all, I'm just so honored that we get to spend time with you today. Likewise, I, I was trying to choose. Mm, I was trying to choose between happy, thrilled, excited, or honored. Then they all fit, but on, I went with honored. Mm. Just felt like the deepest. Um, so I know Sherry well. She has uh, mentored me quite a bit in my work bridging inner and outer work. That is a uh, bringing together the inner work of spiritual awakening and psychological growth with the outer work of activism. So I know firsthand that she is a true leader, a true catalyst for our collective evolution. And if you imagine our planet as one big village, then she's also a true village elder. For over two decades, she has been a pioneer in the realms of personal consciousness and planetary sustainability. Her work has included community organizing, coalition building, organizational consulting, high-level strategy, coaching, writing, and designing. She was the news director at a public radio station in Seattle, KEXP-FM, developing from scratch an information source that embodied media that matters. She launched several nonprofits and coalitions around media, convening several international conferences, produced award-winning programming, spoke at conferences both nationally and internationally, and inspired many people to believe in a better world. In 1999, she co-founded Indie Media and birthed a global media network Beginning in Seattle with one independent media center, it soon spread organically throughout the world to, to over 250 media centers. She is now launching a new TV show called Awakening Together, a vehicle for guiding people to fully embody their greatest gifts and to stand in powerful right relationship in their lives, their families, and their communities. <clears throat> so, what an amazing uh, amount of work you've done and just big, big welcome. Thank you, that was very touching. We keep evolving, you know, and it's such an, it's such an honor to be of service. You know, I'm, I'm a real bodhisattva here for the liberation of all people and all life and um, just on the path. 
Um, I know. <laughs> so, so the big question we ask all our guests in some form or another is this, how do we get to the world we want? And I know it's a big question, so please feel free to answer it simply or with as much complexity as you see fit. You know, there's the, these people have spoken about the crisis of, of imagination. And it's, it's one where the importance of knowing where you want to get to is the ability to envision it and to do that not just on your own, but with others. And I have said for over a decade, I don't know how long, I, was, I wrote a white paper in 1995 with two other friends uh, who were in media, one had won the Columbia Journalism Award for investigative uh, journalism, Mark Worth, and the other was Jimmy Matson from Media Island International. They were covering a lot of indigenous sovereignty things when no one was doing it. Like, you know, the Thomas Paines of the late 1990s, you know, pamphlets and such. Um, and we wrote a white paper on positive media. So I've been in this inquiry around um, how do we vision? And, the, and over those decades, what I've also understood is it's not just a nice thing to do. It's actually an impact in the quantum realm. So we are part of this shift that we're in is to understand that we have these outmoded models, mental models, worldviews, belief systems that are based in a mechanistic worldview. And we haven't gotten educated, re-educated to actually update them very successfully. And then where do you actually get to have explorations in culture together around the questions that are most important or where do we wanna go? And so, so that's one thing. So the, the, the actual process of sitting together and doing that, okay. Then there is an aspect of <clears throat> what gets in the way. <laughs> what gets in the way? So I wanna name, a, 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 you know, there's vocabulary. So we're always, shared language is very important. So a, a term that I wanna plant in our seed is trim tab. Now, I have been looking at trim tabs my whole life. First, I didn't even know that it I was looking for a trim tab, but I was like, like, I'm a systems thinker. So Danella Meadows, I highly recommend we put that in the notes and her dancing with living systems and all of her work of elegant interventions into a system. The most impactful is like the qigong of social change. It's not acupuncture, it's not the herbs, it's qigong, elegant intervention. It's shifting the paradigm in which you are thinking. So like Einstein says, um, you can't solve the problem at the level of consciousness that created it. So we have to be attentive to our state of consciousness. And we know that we're in a, in a, in a large, let's not even go to COVID at the moment, but let's just say we are in a, we have a lot of collective trauma. And if you just look at his history 
Um, and everyone should know their history. You know, Noam Chomsky taught me that in the 90s. He's like, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. Or he was quoting someone else, wonderful and wise. And so you look at history and you're just like, wow, how did we create this civilization? Oh, by raping and pillaging and then killing. You know, that's a, that's a, that is not good for us. <laughs> it's just not. So we have all this collective trauma. And there's, you know, people have written tons of books on that, and we don't need to go too far on that, although collective trauma is a very interesting thing and one that I'm really passionate about. But so we're clearing the way, so we clear ourselves of the trauma so that we actually can stand in the present moment. Okay. We can stand in the present moment. And there's a, a beautiful man, another one of my many, many teachers, um, Joseph Chilton Pierce. He wrote The Magical Child or something. Anyone having kids, I highly recommend that book. Um, but he had a quote, passionate intent. So the intent, the passionate, this passion, our greatest heart's desire, intent, the clarity of our intention different than what we believe and how we get there and unconflicted behavior so that is do you believe what you say what you say do you believe it because people say a lot of things and they don't actually believe it and then let alone actually are in alignment with what they say <laughs> so we have all these gaps right we're closing the gaps into the wholeness like the the the, the kabbalists and the would say tikkun olam it's like restoring the world to wholeness. You know, I'm a wholeness coder. I'm also a futurist, you know, so I embody these archetypes as a wholeness coder, as a future creative. I, I, I feel the gestalt of the new paradigm as Barbara Marks Hubbard, one of my great mentors. So we're naming a couple of these different aspects of what it takes for us to make this shift. And a trim tab, let me define it now, um, are those little things you can do that can make a huge difference, which is actually a really smart strategic way to think. Like we don't have to like, so a trim tab is the little thing. This is a term from Buckminster Fuller. We love him. Um, you have the Queen Mary. So that's a big boat, right? It's very, very big. And let's say we want to move the Queen Mary. <laughs> you can get a hundred tugboats and you can be like, yeah, I'm going to push the Queen Mary. Ah, this is so hard. And then you, you have a rudder. Now we probably have all been on a boat somewhere where there's a little rudder. We know what a rudder is, right? A rudder. It moves it this way and that. Queen Mary's rudder is five stories high. Okay, so that's big. How are we gonna move the five story high rudder? Then on that rudder is a trim tab and you move the trim tab. It's like, it's then it's a lever. It turns the, the thingy that I just forgot the name for, the rudder. And then it turns the, um, the boat. So trim tabs are really wonderful to pay attention to. How do we actually achieve the things we want with less effort than we think? So think that the Hopi prophecy, banish the word struggle from your vocabulary because it impedes your spiritual development. And people will say to me when I say that to them, oh, it's Sherry, but no, it's hard. And I'm like, 
why do you believe it has to be hard? Let's go to the story of why it has to be hard. You know, I'm like, I love, I love Jesus and I love all the great teachers and Jesus was a great teacher and very wise. And, you know, we, we could really do well to look at his Aramaic translations and, um, it's like, be like the lilies of the valley. They do not toil. So there's something about how are we consciously evolving, not just default evolving towards our greatest heart's desire. And then I'll just close with this because there's so many other aspects and you could probably jump in and kind of pick up on one of these threads because I'm answering partially. <laughs> um, is uh, This is one of Barbara Marks Hubbard's 52 codes. And I worked with her for a 15 years, she passed um, two years ago, and I miss her so much. She was such a great mentor and teacher and friend. Um, she was founder of Foundation for Conscious Evolution, and that was like a, the, her, the meme and co-creation. And in the 52 codes, it was like these affirmations from the higher self, from your higher self, you know, and talk about alignment and affirmations, like where do we want to go, right? Um, Ask boldly and deeply for your greatest heart's desire. Give yourself permission to do that. This is also part of where we clear the trauma. You have permission to have what your greatest heart's desire is. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't. Ask boldly and deeply for your greatest heart's desire for coded in that desire is the blueprint of your evolutionary potential. So, that's the individual. And then as we can begin to, we do the work, we clear our, we, we do the healing in the integral model, wake up, grow up, clean up, do the trauma work, show up. So those aspects of development is part of this key aspect. The last thing I'll say is being able to be honest with yourself around where you actually are. Huh. Can you feel that everybody? Wow, that's like you have to stop for a moment. Do you have the courage to sit with where you actually are? Love yourself no matter what. Forgive yourself of everything. You know, by the way, forgive everybody else. Forgive everybody. Literally. Hello, hello. So much easier. Clean slate, free, free freedom from this place of presence and clarity. And then we're always navigating, like cleaning it up. Oh, you know, little, the reaction. Oh, wherever you are is where you are on the path. And you have to be patient with yourself because then we get to be together creating from a more clear place of our capacities. There's all sorts of things we could talk about. What are the needed capacities to make this transition into a flourishing, enlightened civilization, which is what I'm here for. <laughs> Chris. I feel like I feel like I've got enough for the next, you know, year of development of my project from that, and I'm completely blown away by how relevant the insights you just shared are to the recent discoveries that I've made working through my process to try to get to the next phase of work. I am like, I, I need your phone number. I want, to, I want you to be my mentor too. Um, but I, you know, wow. 
Holy Thank cow. You. Yeah. I, I, think, I think we just retire after this podcast. <laughs> no, ahead. now we get to go, wow, what are we now capable of? What's become possible <laughs> now? Yeah, and that's, you know, I'll say one last thing because Jared has something. Um, that is kind of the governing philosophy or maybe not governing, but that is the, the underlying sort of goal of this whole reason why Jared and I are excited to work together is mm. trying to uncover what we're capable of here. Mm. And trying mm. to visualize it where you started, you know, that this idea of um, the crisis of the imagination. So let me step back and let Jared yeah. say something. Yeah. I just have the same exact reaction, Sherry, just wow. And I, I'm going to listen to what you just said, you know, on the recording 30 times because <laughs> there's so many gems and you know you went you went so quickly and so i want i want to i want to like really grok them and i want to just i want to also say that just i i didn't put this in the introduction but i think of you as a the, the priestess as a priestess and i just i just like love love seeing you it's like jamming. You're like a like a, you're like a lead guitarist, just jamming like like wisdom. It is so <laughs> rad, and I just love it. And there's one last thing I want to say. Um, like, are the examples like the, you know, the trauma work that you were talking about, the clearing work, the vis the visioning work? Are those all trim tabs? Great question. I would say, depending on what context you're putting them in, right? Because everything is context and content. And we focus so much on content. And now I really believe that we're shifting into understanding that everything sits inside of a context. So each of those things you named, yes, in it, they are. And they all sit nested within a context. And if we actually then inquired into the uniqueness of their context, what was what was a, a universal kind of context um, where we could see similarities, and then where are the particular contexts in which we can investigate more into the, the actual trees of the ecosystem, to, so to say. But yes, I would say so, because they're often, maybe we could actually say a slightly different frame is, is trim tab or elegant intervention into a system is um, being able to understand the underlying dynamics of living systems. So those are, I, I kind of didn't make a, a, a smooth segue, but but I, it feels like it wants to be named because I was speaking about sort of the old worldview of a mechanistic universe, and um, we have we have ways of understanding how the world works, and you could say those are trim tabs because they're mental models. We have maps and everything all over the place, and we really need we have outdated maps, okay, and. So we have outdated maps and we have one of the big things we did and still do, which creates a lot of our duality 
is a polarity, comes out of duality, comes out of a certain level of consciousness, you know, in the spiral dynamics level of development, you see a lot of that with the first tier um, of consciousness is you can't, people can't understand people who are different than them, okay? When you're in a, a different level of consciousness, you can actually appreciate or understand that and have empathy and you can see more of, of the picture. You see more basically, but the core break has been separation from source and from nature. You know, we put ourselves above nature. I mean, bio-integrity, right? The, the way to restore. So here's, a, here's an example of a trim tab with regard to like nature restoration or healing or rewilding or buying up, protecting the old growth forest. How could they possibly be be cutting down old growth forest up on Vancouver Island at Ferry Creek. It's, it should be, there just shouldn't eat. I mean, how is it even possible? I mean, I wanna get in a, a boat and I wanna get up there and I wanna hike up that road and I wanna like get on my, my phone and start, you know, broadcasting virally around the, the world. People are doing that. So, but, but it's kind of crazy. So this, this idea of separation from nature has us um, doing so much harm. And then we are over nature and can control and dominion. And that's a kind of a you know, multi-thousand year journey that we've been in the age of separation to the age of reunion, right? So you could say some trim tabs or different maps are what are the technologies of communion or the technologies for remembering ourselves you know the archetypal journey of separation to reunion this is part of what we're doing and then when we realize that that we're not separate from nature we realize we're in like communion with nature i'm in a cabin in the forest at the end of a road and i'm just constantly messages and love and information flows in you know receptivity is the feminine it's a feminine aspect it's how we it's how we 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 bring in things to our bodies you know it's like this body is a temple and it is there's five billion miles of dna coil okay i know i'm going off on your question a little bit um but I'll, I'll stop here a second. <laughs> I did love that question. Because um, it's a very good inquiry place of like, where can we, how can we make change intelligently and with the wisdom of nature? So the principles of living systems are really important for people to, to understand. And Elizabeth Satoris, evolutionary biologist, she with my second master's, 1997, I was introduced to her and then we met in 2000 and she just rocked my world. Um, but then you understand when you design anything because you are always designing, every single person here listening, guess what? You are a creator, you're not a victim. You are a creator and you are always designing not just the architects, not just the da-da-da-da-da, you're designing the way you're gonna have a conversation. You're designing how you think about having a conversation with your kids. You're designing how you're going to figure out your money situation. You're, you're, you're thinking, you're creating. We are humans, we think like that. So when we can tune in 
unprogram, unlearn, the role of education is going to be a huge thing for our process of a global village. You use that word and I really like brought tears to my eyes to think of myself as a, an elder in the global village counseling. I feel the kind of truth. I stand in, as a temple, uh, a pillar in the temple um, of this new earth um, in service. Um, so paying attention to the lessons of nature, opening ourselves up to receive. And sometimes that receiving is actually, here's another, I will just play with trim tab for a moment, of allowing yourself to receive. You know, so many people do so much work in the healing work and Jared, you with the work you've done with supporting people in healing in order to then be effective activists and bring sacred activism you know so that we really bring the, the parts of ourselves together everybody is actually is you know has the the this this non-physical dimension to them <laughs> you know i think of it as our spirituality and our spirit we are spirit we are soul we are soul we are eternal we have these bodies we get to inhabit these bodies and we're just using a small fraction of the potential. And so the, the, that healing that we do on ourselves to heal the way we can unarmor our hearts. Well, this is a really key piece of it because, you know, many men have got a lineage of things. Women have their own lineage of things and we need to be really gentle with each other and the more we can soften our bodies like soften as in the nervous system and that can be very easily with just like taking a few deep breaths slowing down i call it slowing down to the pulse of creation and you can actually tune into your own pulse like an inner kind of rhythm and it's a pulse and you can meditate on that pulse and just kind of like pulse with it. Hmm. 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 And just like drumming, you know, drumming is a sacred ancient technology where it's like you drum really fast and like nine minutes, it puts you in a kind of a trance state and changes the, the brain waves. That pulsing, can get you there very, very quickly. And this is like Hazrat and Nayak Khan. Um, some of his thinking about music is life and his, in his book, he talks about pulse rhythm. And um, so it's about attuning to yourself and to, and to attune yourself to the frequencies that are most beneficial and to tuning yourself as you, as you clear things, letting things go, dropping them into the earth, you know, so that you can be more present with each other without us having to be in a lot of reactivity. You know, the, the, we're leaving the age, Richard Rudd, another teacher from the Jinkies, he would say, you know, basically this big shift that we're in, everyone's talking about the shift, right? The shift, the shift, the shift. It's been going on for quite some time. This transition zone that we're in, we're in between worlds, we've got a new world coming, the, the old one is dying, we're hospicing, we're midwifing, there's this whole dance. It's a very strange time to be here, but we came 
because we said yes to being here, you know? So it's like a grand adventure and quite a ride. When we can understand ourselves, like this is a technology, the body, this is the other thing we did. We separated ourselves from our bodies. We went outside of our bodies and we, we, we forgot that we live inside these incredible temples. You know, your body is temple of the Holy Spirit, of spirit, of life, of prana, of chi. You know, it's, a, it's, it's like, woo, it's amazing. And you have 5 billion miles of DNA coil within your body. Now, just take a moment to contemplate the miraculous can't fathom how that could be possible that within the body that's sitting on that chair there as you're listening to this has five billion miles of dna if you unstretched it all which means all this latent potential that's sitting inside waiting to be activated now a very interesting question could be what is that for well, I believe that it's for, that we, we, we activate it with each other in a field of mutual awakening. <laughs> we activate it in a field of mutual awakening. We can do a lot on ourselves, individual awakening practices and you know, healing technologies. And then we actually get to the place where we're kind of in our mastery level sufficient to be sitting in the gift frequency of who we are. We're not in the victim. And if we go into a little bit of reactivity, we can track it and if we clear it and we can eliminate the blind spots in each other. So that's a journey to get to that place. And that, that shift is out of victim into freedom or victim into creator, which I already mentioned. And we're really talking about the, the, the sense of being free, you know, this, the, the truth of being free and sovereign. And I think the, only, the, the way you can get a taste of it if you're not already sort of tasting it, and I'm sure everyone listening is on a different place along the spectrum and wherever you are is perfect. You don't have to be ahead, you don't, you're not behind, you're right where you are. And you can milk everything for as much as there is there. Don't judge where you are. That's, you don't need to judge where you are. Be okay with where you are. And part of that is like you, you inhabit your body, you inhabit the breath, you slow it down, you become intimate with the breath because it's life force and it's very nourishing. And you can, and then with, from a place of that kind of presence with the breath and staying in the body and the softening, we talk about like soften the face, slow the breath down, soften the eyes, just allow the body to feel rooted and grounded. It's another thing we can do as a technology of connection is earthing, taking off your shoes and getting onto the earth. We are electromagnetic beings. We are body electric. We've gotten separated from the electromagnetic field of the earth on so many levels. And so that's one way to get reconnected. You know, just yesterday, I sent Jared a photo of a, a six, what has become a six table legged model for BioIntegrity 2.0. And it is just remarkable that the things that I'm suddenly kind of deciding, these are the pillars. These are the pieces that are most 
transformational to our culture that will, you know, I like the, uh, the analogy of the, the trim tab that will help us to reconnect to our, our true identity and recognize that we live inside of a life support system. We live in a culture that is ignorant of that. And so we've got to rapidly advance ourselves, which is really about a, a new identification. And I think a new civilization People are beginning to kind of come into this awakening, as you said, through a full body realization of the reality that, you know, we are animated beings and the difference between life and death is that animation leaves the body. So it's kind of like, what the hell is going on here in terms of our science being so materially oriented that it denies the existence of spirit, denies the existence, whatever you want to call that, the existence of animation the reality of being a spirit living in a, a biological body. And I want to talk about all those things, but I have a different type of question, um, which is how have you approached doing something as innovative and important as indie media in a world or in a time where people often are unable to access this self-liberation, this letting go of the things that are impeding them from being freer as themselves. And, and, and there's one qualifier I wanna to add to that, that I've become recently a huge fan of John Trudell. I'm, you're probably very aware of. And he talks about you know, the basic kind of Christian paradigm in the developed world that you're born a sinner. And so we don't celebrate the fact that we're miracles. We don't even really have that in our cultural lexicon. And uh, he says that in Native American culture, that's the whole story. You know, when children arrive, it's like, wow, this amazing new being is here. And that's applied to every living thing. And so the orientation is always about this kind of openness and freedom and individuality in a, in a, in a community of miracles. And I feel like this is a huge uh, potential turning point in our cultural paradigm to begin to engage in that realization that we are each miracles. But to get there, you have to have this um, exorcism or whatever you want to call it, this letting go of all these impediments that are often held in the body, in the mind, in your convictions. And so how have you dealt with this for your work? Uh, wonderful, wonderful aspects that you're speaking to and great, great inquiry and question. Um, I want to just say something about John Trudeau. Um, and it is Trudeau, right? Is it? I thought it was Trudell because it's T-R-U-D-E-L-L. -L. Oh, oh, Trudell. Yeah, sorry. I was in uh, something else. John Trudell um, from the American Indian Movement. Yes. And uh, spoken word. I actually hosted him in the 90s in Seattle uh, twice. And I have a cassette, double cassette recording of his spoken word at the Ethnic Cultural Center in the, by the university. And um, I remember when he said, we are all indigenous. And I was, you know, I started covering, I became known as a white journalist uh, who could be trusted by the Native Americans to tell their story. So a lot of doors opened up for me. Um, and it was like a world's kind of opened up for me because I was in my integrity and I was merely serving. Um, and I wanted to help others understand why these stories were important because I always see the connections between stories. I've just always seen the whole thing. So this, what he's naming, and I want to just speak to this first as a kind of frame, is this, the, the fact that one of the big shifts 
that we see as we're creating kind of religion 2.0 or meaning 3.0 as some people are speaking about it is that we are we've been living inside of this story so we really are creating a new narrative okay and we are living we've been living inside the story of original sin when actually it's original blessing and when I read Matthew Fox's book, which made him a heretic, thank you, Matthew Fox, for being a modern heretic, which really heretic actually means to choose, okay? So um, we have like all these I, things. I invite everybody, when you hear a word that you have association, if you have a go, you go heretic, just notice that that, that is because of a story that you were told about what it means. And actually it's probably built on an, a layer of assumption, built on a layer of assumption. And if you really wanna to get to the truth, then you have to do excavation. You have to be curious. You have to like go, I want to know the truth. Well, you have to do be something different in relationship to the information flow that's coming to you. So original blessing, this is the reality that is really the reality. And there is a lot of unprogramming happening around that, okay? So it's a beautiful thing for you to name and to kind of really plant in the soil of this conversation and in the field of, of everybody, the soul of everybody listening. And, and, and so, now to go to the question. So over the last, well, I started in 1990 when I was still in graduate school. I was doing something during that, the war, the time I was putting together something called the Peace Pulse for Washington State. And basically I called up these groups who were doing peace things, got their information, put it in a newsletter, and then it got mailed out to people. Oh, it's like, that was like the old days. Can you imagine before the printing press? I mean, oh my God, you know, we're, we're at the edge of, a, we're at the cusps of technological innovations. So I think it's really important, I'm just gonna digress for a moment, that we think that we're kind of stable in homeostasis. We like to be in our comfort zones. Comfort zone, I'm very safe and secure here. I know who I am, I know what I'm doing, I know what I think I know. And it's very small actually. And so when we grow, we have to like be, we have to welcome disturbance. That's what we say. Welcome disturbance because it means change is afoot. Yes, change is afoot, let alone transformation. So we need to, everybody need, we need to be getting prepared for some big changes coming. I just invite you to be prepared, whatever that might be. Just get yourself, listen to this, this conversation, listen to this podcast and you know, do your own deep thinking and, and excavating. So I've been doing this for uh, a couple decades, let's just say. And uh, you know, at least three and pretty, pretty full on. And 15 years before that, I knew when I was like 15 or I knew, I knew that I was here on a mission. I was here for a mission. I didn't even know how to talk about it. Like I'd say, 
I'm here for liberation theology. And people are like, what? You're not a Catholic. And I'm like, who cares? I'm here for liberation theology. Or I'm here for global transformation. And people would just be like, who are you? And I would, you know, I was like a prophet in the wilderness. Like I totally identify with the prophets. Okay. I'm just like, you know, when you're a futurist and you see things before other people see things, it's not, sometimes you'd be like, oh, that's such a nice position to be in. It's like, no, no, it's not. It's not, it's lonely. It's lonely and it's not easy. Thank God it's been through that time, you know. Um, now it now there's so much resonance and we're not alone, right? We're not alone. Paul Ray, the sociologist, when he, you know, when he uncovered this new demography and aspect of culture, the cultural creatives, and it was like, you're not alone. You've got 40 million of you. 40 million of us? Oh my God. And now there's even more. So there is something very interesting what you said, just to touch on that point of an expanded identity to recognize that we are not alone and that we are connected to a vast network and movement and beautiful people who have shared values and alignment with ourselves. Now that does not mean to get to the question you were asking about the level of the reactionary and the kind of different, the challenges of working with people who are at different stages of growth. You know, we could write a novel, we could write a book about that. And people have, <laughs> there's a lot on this. Um, so I'm gonna try to speak, try to find like the kind of relevant nuggets. Um, there is always gonna be a spectrum of, of people that you're working with, co-creating with, that you encounter, that you're, you work with or you know it depends on your life you know it could be that you're in a job where you're you've just got people you didn't even plan on who, who how you know these people and everyone's different so you 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 stay tuned to who you are so it's always a mastery you know if someone else is reactive or someone else does something don't take anything personally don't make any assumptions always do your best and be true to your word told tech wisdom very good basic sort of stuff. Really, these are, this is like wisdom, wisdom, all the streams of wisdom that is now ours to, it's the age of the integral age. There's a reason why it's called that because we're integrating these streams of wisdom in ourselves so that we can be more wise and intelligent as we're creating these new social systems. Otherwise, we're just creating the same problem from the level of consciousness that created it. So, we're really in a very expedited process and we're learning things rapidly and very new. We have to pay attention to what's emerging. Otherwise you'll miss things along the way. So being able to be compassionate for people in whatever their level, their, their place is, be compassionate um, and then be discerning. You know, I, I'm, I'm very discerning about who I co-create with. I don't co-create with people who don't know how to take feedback. If you can't take feedback, this is my bottom line. Here's my bottom line. <laughs> I can love you through anything and I will wish the best for you and I will cheer you on and I will hold the intention and the dream you're holding. But if you cannot take basic loving feedback that is designed to support you, 
and you react and you react and you do it over several years and years, I know you're not growing. I'm not wasting my time, just not wasting my time. Now there's a difference between co-creating, creating a team where you are in resonance with the people who are like right with you. And it doesn't mean you have to be perfectly the same or anything like that. We don't need monocultures of the mind, you know, we want the diversity, but there's a resonance is an energetic field. If you have too much dissonance, dissonance impacts the nervous system. We have been sitting inside dissonant structures our entire lives. And if we're fortunate enough, we have pockets, islands of coherence that we create, that we create with others, that we do in our work, that we do in our families, that we do in our little pods. But as a rule, the culture is like haranguing at us, you know, which is very challenging on the nervous system. This little nervous system girl, I'm very, very strong. And I have like chi off the charts. Always the Chinese doctors are like, your chi is so much. And I'm like, God, I know. I was like an A personality type girl. Thank God for meditation. I finally found balance. Took me until <laughs> I was 40. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was, it took a long time to deprogram myself. My parents became born again Christians when I was 15. So I had to receive all that fundamentalism, be like, what's real? Wow. And then make my way through and then deprogram, deprogram, deprogram. So because I carry the archetype of the rebel as one of the many archetypes I carry, um, and, and, but that one was very valuable because I just was like, no, 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 I'm not, I don't, it doesn't, it's not aligned, doesn't, I don't agree with it. But, but anyway, so this balancing that, that, that happens um, at a certain point when you do your work, basically, when we can stay in kind of a space of equanimity. When we're sitting in equanimity, it's like we can observe everything, right? So that's, this, that's the witness capacity that as we wake up, grow up, clean up, when you haven't done enough cleanup, you may think that you woke up and you had like an amazing hallucinogenic experience or in an altered state somewhere or something that you had an experience of an altered state of reality and you, you felt the wholeness of reality. You felt the expanded nature of reality. And let me tell you, I go there more and more these days and I can't make it happen, but it's like, I'm sitting in bliss. I'm in the supreme... Satchitananda, I'm in this, this, the supreme infinite now. And I'm like, wow. And, you know, I can't make it happen like this. It happens. So I think I navigated a number of different terrains, but I hope I got a little bit of response for you that felt supportive. Absolutely. Jared? I just, I'm just loving this, first of all. I'm loving this. And I feel like, um, just another metaphor, like I've like I got my mouth over like a fire hose of like, 
wisdom. It's just, so thank you, Sherry. Thank you. Um, so my, my, I, I was sitting here, I was like, Do, is there anything else to ask? And yeah, so one thing came up for me, this, this, um, there's, so, so a lot of the, a lot of what we've been talking about is, for lack of a better phrase, psycho-spiritual. And um, this question is about what, like, what do we, what do we do? Like, what strategies, what organizations, what, like, I get really caught up in what, like, how to maximize my, I don't know about caught up, but it's a deep inquiry of mine, how to maximize my energy. You know, and sometimes I'm like, oh, is it is like, is it about joy? Like, do I go towards my own joy? Is that it? Do I go towards like a, like a more like a scientific understanding? Like, do I search for the scientific, you know, um, uh, silver bullet, like like protecting old growth forests, you know, protecting tropical forests, tropical rainforests. What do we do? What do we do? And how do we, how do we know what to do? Like that, that's, that's the question. You know, let, let's say, let's say we're doing our work. We're clearing, we're coming into alignment. We're listening. Does it just come to us? <clears throat> great, great question, Jared. And I'm, I just invite everybody who's listening to really just allow the question to be within your being. Don't rush to an answer. Don't try to figure it out like in like, don't let the mind take it over. Um, let it let it ruminate within you. Like let it, let it, let it be a living, you know, there's like a great Rilke quote about let the let the questions live inside you, you know. Um, so, so just would say that, um, and then, you know, this is, no one can prescribe to an individual what they think they should do. It really is an individual journey. And I do believe that the word Dharma is a useful word. Um, and dharma is connected to kind of like your soul purpose or your your mission it's like vocation it's not your job you know it's not a job people have jobs and at some point we're not going to have jobs anymore we're just going to have vocation okay that's my vision of the future i have like a very big vision of the future and actually i'm going to share a book um I have so many books. I could go through all my books and talk about each one of them and why they're all important. <laughs> so this is an amazing book by Zach Stein, okay? And I've known Zach for a couple of years. He's quite an amazing guy. Education in a Time Between Worlds, Essays on the Future of Schools, Technology, and Society. Now, he is really utopic, and he has a big vision of the role of education to and gender a flourishing culture. 
Okay, so in some ways, the question that you're asking is about what do we do to heal the world? That's this one. And what's like, you know, Joseph Campbell said, what's our greatest bliss? You know, and so often we think we have to be martyrs. This is an old story. Martyrs, we have to suffer to do the thing. No, when we're tuned in and we're like that alignment or we're like something comes to us and we see it and we go, I have to do something. I want to do something about this. I care. It's like the identity expands. We have this expanded sense of caring. We care about more than ourselves. And guess what? We leave the ego, we leave selfishness, and we end up in philanthropy, the love of humanity. We just love people. We trust humans. We know that we are inherently good. The more we believe that, the more we believe that we have been, we've arrived at this crazy point on the planet where we're kind of destroying ourselves and it's evolve or die. And we're like, well, everybody, we really should get it together really quickly, which is to your point, Jared, of like, well, there's a lot to do, right? So Joanna Macy, I really love her work. You know, she's a, a Buddhist nun and a systems thinker. And her, her book, Work That Reconnects, is brilliant. And she talks about, you know, there are those who are creating the new models and who, and then there are those who there's holding actions. And the holding actions would be go to Standing Rock and stand there on the front lines and do that. And there's, that is always welcome and always needed. And some people are praying, praying somewhere because that's what they want to do. Or some people are doing soup kitchens or creating gardens in cities. There is 8 billion ways of serving. And really, it, it comes to what's inside yourself. And I think sometimes we want, we want our minds to be at peace with what we think we should do to get to the right answer. And I just don't think there, that's it. I think that we also are always experimenting. And it's like, I read this thing recently that was like, Imagine yourself as like the star of the movie of your life, which is kind of true. Not just imagine, but you are. You are in this film of your life and you get to imagine what you want and you get to go, that's what I want. How do I want this to be? Now, it doesn't mean it always plays out, starts to look like you think it is. That's when you have to surrender. So this is also alignment to higher will and the surrender experiment is really important. Um, but that there are no mistakes when you are playing in that way. There's only mistakes. It's like take one, take two, you know, it's like a mistake. Oh, and then guess what? There's never any failures. You're always only 
learning. How much do you want to learn? How much are you willing to learn? Because you see that, wow, how did I, how did I get there? Like I had a recent experience where I went to Tulum thinking I was going to be co-founding this amazing thing with these cool people. And it just fell apart. And I'd never met any of them. And I thought we had all vetted each other. I thought we were all like aligned. And it was like, I, I, I still go, how did that happen? Wow. And, and, and I don't think of it as like a mistake at all. It was like, I just keep harvesting the lessons. So we may choose something that in some ways is gives us feedback that we need, just like Slumdog Millionaire. Anybody seen that movie? So we all have our own Slumdog Millionaire movie. It's like your life has a perfection to it that you can only see with hindsight. And then the more you can actually stand in the present moment, you can feel, I feel it more, I've, I feel the perfection of my life. I feel the absolute perfection of my life. And there's just not any doubt. There's moments where I go, where it's, there's a little challenge. There's some, there's like grist in the mill, you know? And, and what I know about grist in the mill is, is like, it's like the sand in the oyster creates the pearl. So we're always in a process of learning, alchemizing. There are no wasted experiences of what is ours to do. Um, and, I, and then I'll just close with this because I know I didn't give you a nice, neat, tidy answer. Um, I, could, I could work on succinctness. This is one of my things I don't do well. Um, although I can try, if I'm forced to, um, or just asked to, is the how do we know is starts with trusting yourself so deeply and just knowing that you can't make any mistakes and that you're only going to learn and that you're going to be guided you'll be guided um the more you can surrender to the greater intelligence like if you if you look at the universe you know i'm i consider myself an evolutionary spiritual being i believe that that we are evolving and that spirit we are on a journey with creation and we are life itself so we are the universe experiencing ourselves and being like wow now look and and so that alignment and and you know spiritual etiquette would say ask for help and I, I think we have all been like the rugged individualists of America, you know, so many of us, at least in the United States, that rugged individualism. And um, I can do it myself. And that's actually, a, you know, part of the first year consciousness. It's the orange level, the orange level. And that's, a, it was a very useful stage, but it's not where we are now, what's needed. You no, know, we're really in this in this other, this other state of consciousness. And so in that rugged individualism, we forget to ask 
ask for help, ask and listen, ask and listen. Like, how do you know? If you think that you will later pull it out of your thing, your arm and extract it from myself, asking and listening and writing, if you write or write and in, speak into your thing, meditate, go for a walk, go for a bike ride, sit with the stillness, sit with the silence. We are such a noisy culture. Can't tell you how many cars I've gotten in over the years with my friends and the radio is just blaring and they're talking to me and I'm like, <laughs> excuse me, can we turn down the radio? I'm just like, ah, I can't handle it. That's my, I'm a canary in the coal mine. I have this like very sensitive nervous system <laughs> um, that, that has brought me to this place of the subtle realms. We have, you can be in bliss, which is an outward, like, you know, naturally orgasmic ecstatic state of being, which is kind of my place to be. I like that place. It's very much my nature, but I love coming in on the turn of the spiral, like the Fibonacci sequence, coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in until you're right there at this still point. And then you're sitting there and you realize everything is there. Everything is there in the infinite potential. And we are stewards of the unfolding of that into in the process of creation itself. So whatever we imagine then we can create together from that place we can. Just um, mind, mind blown. And I just wanted to, I wanna, I wanna pass off to Chris, but I wanna say first, just a little, piece of feedback as you were you were thinking that you need to work on being more succinct mm. but I am finding your so I I'm like Mr. Metaphor today I'm finding you to to be like symphonic and mm. it's just so just perfect to like to like to like you know, like bathe, bathe in the symphony. So that's, that's my, that's my feedback for you. <laughs> I really do appreciate that. I, I caught that myself. It was a little funny. I have received feedback over the years of that and <clears throat> that I went on too long or I'm too rambly or something. And I think that I have you know, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, okay? So what I think there's a truth to the, the symphonic nature. I'm literally like sharing a gestalt. So the gestalt is not a part, a thing I'm specializing here. I'm actually weaving a thing. So exactly. thank you for seeing that. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, I think you are being concise. And I think the, the symphonic analogy or metaphor is, is really good, really perfect that this, um, this kind of awareness that you're talking about is about kind of being in, in, bathed in all kinds of uh, sensory experiences that are emotional, physical, spiritual, um, you know, I won't try to sum it up, but it is it's complete and it's energetic. And um, well, I, I think we want to hear as much as you feel like you want to talk about, about your new TV show. And, and really, you know, what you've been kind of sharing with us is this awakening. Um, but can you talk about a little bit uh, the new show awakening together and kind of how yes. you're approaching that, what you hope to accomplish, who you hope to reach. Yeah. Thank um, you. And we'll just say already that we really appreciate that you're doing it. Ah, Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Uh, so I was offered a television show on Apple and Roku TV and Apple Fire Stick, which I don't even know about these things. And now they've been in conversations with people uh, at Gaia TV and Netflix and Amazon Prime. And they're, so they're very, they want it to be, they want it to be big. So there's a little bit of the technical thing that has to happen, which is I need a studio. So that's um, what we're working on now. And, and I just trust that's gonna happen. Um, I've been doing a pilot series. I've done four episodes in pilot series and they've created another channel that they're not gonna have as, be as strict for, so that I could be on that channel. And we just haven't uploaded those yet. But so that's, that's in the works. And I've had that, um, that just came to me, you know? And they basically, I have known this woman for a long time and she's like, I'm sure you're just, you're such a natural, you're so great. And the production team out of London is like, you're a natural, you know, you're, you're just, this is, you're made for this. So I am trusting that and I'm not trying to, say, and it better happen next week. And why hasn't it happened? It's more just like trust, trusting, trusting the, the timing. And um, meanwhile, there's more interviews that are happening and invitations like this. And, and I'm really grateful for that because it lets me do the wisdom jamming. I love that. So the, the, the name Awakening Together and how that, what that means for me is that I believe we are in a waking, an awakening process and that we're awakening into who we truly are and the, the great remembering and all these things that we're all very familiar with. The thing that strikes me that feels very relevant is that we are in a we space. We are doing it together. And I have had a passion for the collective space for a very long time, how you cultivate it, why it's important, you know, um, what we, what's the collective intelligence, what's the collective wisdom of a field. It's all about the field, you know, it's the field. And we are not separate, we are one. And we are one and we are many. And we are one becoming one. And, you know, there's all these interesting dynamics. So we need each other. And we need to understand different technologies and, and you know, science and wisdom-based 
understandings that there is this confluence between the wisdom traditions and science. Like some people go, blah, 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 that's like a woo woo. And I th I'm like, I know it sounds woo woo, but guess what? It's not. <laughs> so this is such a powerful convergence of the science and the wisdom traditions, which to me is like that confluence, that convergence is a sign of healing and wholeness and synergy and union. And it's a very important harbinger, I would say, for the times that we are in, which I, I believe that we are in the times of the fulfillment of prophecies. So we have been reading about prophecies and you know, many indigenous cultures and Western esoteric cultures and, you know, different, you know, mystical sects have spoken of different things that are to come. And, and there's these real understandings of a, of a new age upon us. And you could talk about it in so many different ways. We'd, we, we could, that would be very interesting to, to, to look at all the different ways that have been named so that people could feel comfortable with the, that which feels comfortable to them, you know, not with something that feels imposed. Let us all banish anything that anyone imposes on you is not for you to take. You do not have to take it, okay, everybody? It, you do not have to take it. You get to only take what is right for you. And of course, sometimes you're not quite sure and that's fine too, you know, just be gentle with yourself in this transition time. These are crazy times that we're in. So we're living in a time where we're waking up and I believe we're waking up together. And I wanna support the catalyzing of culture to an enlightened civilization. That's kind of my mission. And I wanna illuminate what is working and I wanna make visible the things that can make a big difference, those theories of transformation, these worldviews and paradigm shifting understandings that give us a whole new way of seeing things. I wanna allow transmissions to happen from those who are holding the codes of the new culture. I wanna connect the dots and make visible the new paradigm that is already here in our midst. Because it, I was just, um, for example, I was just in a, I was the MC and introducing and doing some sense making in a three day summit called the future of regenerative living that was through tribalize. Well, that has to do with another passion of mine with the television show is to curate the new culture, okay? And the, the importance of people having an experience of how much hope there is when you actually know what people are doing. And this beautiful man who is an incredible conscious investor and a friend that I've known for a long a number of years, and he was friends with Barbara, Mark Hubbard, and he's invested in very conscious, cutting edge innovations. And 
I gave him a, you know, a guest pass and he, you know, even with who he is and what he knows, he didn't know a lot of the information. And he was, he later he said, Sherry, I had no idea. And I loved your wisdom at the end of the day. And I felt, I came away feeling so hopeful. So my, my desire would be to catalyze, to inspire, to, to, to encourage people coming out of, there's so much like self-help in the individual level. And I really wanna be a catalyst for the collective field capacity building. And of course, it's always about the individual within the we as well. So you can't, it's not one or the other. And um, to, to, yeah, to, to have fun in the process. I have a similar mission. Me too. Yay. I want to hear just a little more about, you mentioned a couple of times early on, and this idea of, of understanding the underlying dynamics of living systems, I assume of our planet, that you're talking about ecology, biosphere. These are the things that I'm working on the most. So I'm really curious about what you meant by saying um, that we need to understand the underlying dynamics of living systems. Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, there's a list that Elizabeth Satoris, um, I can share, share her name. Um, so yeah, here's, here's something. So there's, there's the understanding that we are part of Gaia, of this planet, and that this, this beautiful planet is part of the universe. And the universe has been evolving for 13.8 billion years. And we have these incredible life support systems. And there is a perfection to the way life works. And you know, the body, body, the body works. And then we design systems, social systems that are like, you know, like our educational system and our system of work and all these things are so disconnected. So when the more we understand how life works and that we are intimately, we are life itself and how can we create systems in which we can have thriving. So people, Elizabeth Satoris is one, other systems thinker has this. This is all about living systems. So one is, and, and when you design, you're looking at how governance works, how we, we have communication flows, how um, flows of resources, allocations of, of, of resources and um, wealth. Uh, you know, there's, there's these, those, those kinds of big, big social system dynamics. And one of them would be interdependence, okay? System integrity, when a system has all the parts and processes essential to its ability to function are present. So we have that wholeness. We have in the mechanistic world, we went into the parts and we kind of forgot the wholeness and the whole itself. Biodiversity, that we need that diversity. Cooperation and partnership. When you go, this is one version of these things. When you go to Elizabeth Satoris, you see uh, she has the more in the way her as an evolutionary biologist names these 15 features. And 
you could S-A-H-T-O-U-R-I-S, Elizabeth Satoris. Um, and it's like the internet the, and the future of living systems or something like that is this classic paper I heard her share live in 2000. Um, emergent properties, flux, the commons, um, rightness of size, um, feedback, so non-linearity. These are like, these are all these dynamics of living systems and waste is food, right? So that would be cradle to grid cradle. That would be not, that would be an open system, right? Closed loop systems are not living systems. And we have closed loop systems everywhere in our, particularly in our economic systems where we, we, we put the externalize the costs of the system because it's so poorly designed without any of these aspects, except maybe like two or something of them that they have to have. Um, so there's so much more to say about that, but the, the piece around feedback loops is when you go into an old growth forest, the, everything is connected with the mycelial web, right? We have been fragmented, siloed, separated in so many ways because of our, our concepts um, and our scientific understanding, right? So we really are catching up to the science, the science, the new paradigm, a quantum understanding, the wholeness the, the, that, that we are in, we can be in right relationship to all nature, that we're not separate, all these very fundamental things. Um, I said early on about feedback and that feedback is so important in the human relationships because it means that you're growing. In a living system, the feedback is constantly, like the trees, they know, oh, that tree over there needs extra support. You know, it gets the resources to where it needs to go. That's like the intelligent uh, intelligence of a living system that is, it's, I like this term, creating the conditions conducive for life to thrive and then self-interest at every level of scale. So the cell is like, I wanna be the best little cell I can be. Oh, and I'm in a larger multicellular or thing. Oh, and then I'm in even bigger. Oh, you're always nested in a larger whole, which is the identity question. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. I love all that. I really do want to talk with you more if, if possible, but Jared has the next question. Hmm. I don't, I don't have a question. I just, I just feel like I forgot who it was that was that. Oh, the, the, the investor, the wise investor went to your, to went to the, 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 summit. the summit. Yeah who just feels hopeful. I haven't felt this hopeful in a long time. And I am just like, sort of, I'm like disoriented. I'm like, it's, it's, it's so uh, just, honestly, everything you're saying is just true. I just know it's true. And it's just so, um, I just so appreciate it. And I, I want to, I want to talk to you more too. I want to just, I want to go to your, your jam, your wisdom jams. 
you know, and and it, I, you know, I just that might sound a little like I'm like putting you on a pedestal or something, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm just really, really appreciating your, like your um, mission, your mission, and I like. I want to help you accomplish it. I share the same mission. I feel like, you know what I feel like? I feel like you, I, I just like even on a deeper level than I already knew, like you are a, a village elder. And it's so, I it just, it's I so, it's so needed. I need it so much. Whatever, what did you say? 20, 40 million of us? Those four, us 40 million need it. Us 8 billion need it. We need, we need this. We need this guidance. We need this, we need this facilitation. We need help making these connections. We need this we space. I don't know if you want to respond. Feel free to, feel free to just receive. I can respond. Okay. Uh, well, thank you. I really, I appreciate the naming of hope because, you know, I'm, I really am in my dharma. It's taken me a long time to, to get here in this lifetime. And it's, it's actually the culmination of, you're, you're really experiencing me in the culmination of lifetimes, fulfilling my dharma, to be of service at this particular time of history. And my name is Sherry, which is sharing and I've taken on the middle name Sophia. So Sherry Sophia Herndon is the name I've really been using. And it's wisdom. And so I love that that, that really comes through. And I do feel that. And I'm just grateful to have for the reflection. Um, because it tells me I'm on the right track. And that I'm... I've been impatient at times in my own life to get to this point of a kind of a culmination. You know, I'm 61 years old. And so I've been at it for, you know, a a while. And, And it's such a blessing to live fully this precious life. And I'm like, just getting started i literally feel like i'm just out of school i'm like well that really took kind of a long time to get through that like school and now i'm like finally jeez <laughs> i'm like i am so ready <laughs> well i'm glad you're just getting started and uh there's this Buddhist practice of uh, asking Buddhas to stick around. So I'm asking you to stick around. Mm-hmm. I want to say to the listeners that um, that can't see us right now. Jared is flushed, and uh, we've done a few of these interviews, and this is the first time I've seen him change color. So it's pretty special. And we also all just bowed to each other. Um, 
It's really exciting to hear you articulate these things. Um, again, I, I sent Jared this image yesterday for my new vision about what I want to do, and it is so exactly what you're talking about. There's a sixth table leg, and you know we won't go through that. But the last piece is, in terms of a crisis of imagination, what do we do? You know, I've been thinking about this for a long time. What is the optimal future? Why aren't we having that public conversation constantly? How good can we make the future? And I think it's relatively easy to figure out, especially in terms of the biodiversity crisis, the climate crisis, the wicked problems that are wrapped up in all of that. In that, in a, in a nutshell, what we've done effectively is disassemble the wilderness continuum that is the life support system. And everything that's wrapped up in that is what we're dealing with in, in so many different layers and dimensions. So if you look at the science aspect of what do we do now, it's like, well, okay, so we need to stop destroying what's left. We need to regrow the wilderness continuum. Since there's so many people everywhere, so many streets, so many you know, pieces of machinery and concrete and all these things that we've, we've added, we have to integrate the wilderness continuum back into our built world. We have to peel back aspects of the built world but the science is really clear that just allowing things to naturally regrow is really an ample climate solution. And it's obviously the, the biodiversity solution. And when you look at the cost, the, the financial cost of doing that, it's probably in the range of a couple of trillion dollars, which relative to something like the current Pentagon budget is about two and a half years of the Pentagon budget, maybe three years. So how do we reach the super wealthy, not just Jeff Bezos, but also the institutional things that are here, such as the endowment that is uh, underneath the University of Texas at Austin. It's a 40 or, or Harvard. You know, these are 40, 50 billion dollar endowments that are just sitting around. We've got plenty of resources. How do we, how do we, and I, and I say this out of the context of the indie media work that you've done. I know you, that began with the WTO protests, I believe, the World Trade Organization protests. How do we reach yeah, these it, guys? There was a history leading in, into that, but that's when it was catalyzed, yeah. How do you reach those? So um, there's the, the issue is not, as you pointed to, the lack of resources. Those endowments have been sitting there for a long time. There's a good reason why they haven't been tapped into. Like why haven't people who have the resources already put them to use? I particularly, myself personally, am not relying on Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or any of these people with their billions of dollars. I think that part of the, the flaw that we have had is that we have relied on these people with their billions. First of all, how do they even get their billions? Off of people's data and things. Anyway, not in a really good, healthy, dynamic, living system way. So I don't want to put energy there and I think there's just way too much of like they're saving us or we need to get money from them um and let's just say that those floodgates did open you know the sooner everybody could you know put their money where their mouth is talk about integrity the lack of integrity these people with their billions of dollars with then they put a hundred million somewhere and I'm just like are you kidding I'm not don't even put it in the paper stop it that's like me giving 10 cents you know, it's like, it's pathetic. And sorry for being so strong feeling about that, but I, I do feel that way. And um, not to diminish the good that people have done, but it's like, if considering the wealth they have and how they've made it, 
they have not done anything to really serve the planet in a time of great crisis. So even if the money was released into all the things that like let's start rewiring rewilding and let's let's create the, the the contiguousness of the wild spaces and protect the wild spaces protect the places spaces around the wild spaces and the wilderness zones and stop all the clear cutting and all those things people are working on that stuff even so it's not enough because the consciousness is still stuck and so that's why I believe that we are these, these, these liberation, that's why awakening together is like really critical to like, if we actually understood that there was an identity of the we space of the people who were all aligned with what we're talking about here, and it's in the 250 million, and some people say you just need a square root 1% of the square root of 1% of the population to make a shift. You know, when we claim that as understanding the dynamics of systems change from an, in a non-linear way, non-linearity, non-linear quantum jump into a new state and a new a phase change, well, then everything is really different. We are not working on an incremental oh, that's going to take so long. And I'm like, what time, what paradigm are you living in? You know, it's kind of like, choose wisely the paradigm that you want to be living in, be conscious about it, and then recognize that the opportunities for us to be making change are all around us. And the more we put our authority outside of ourselves, the more we slow the process down. Um, so... It's a both and, I don't wanna dismiss the, the, what you're naming of like people could do that right now, they could, and that should happen. Should have happened, you know, hate to say should, should have happened already. Um, and I believe that the abundance engine, that's really the true economic new paradigm that's coming is going to, and then we have to be good stewards of the commons and our resources, which is why we have to prepare ourselves to be wise to how we govern ourselves, to how we make decisions, how we sense make, how we listen, how we share information flows. That's like a principle of living systems. We, our, our information stuff is just, you know, all you have to do is watch Social Dilemma and be like, oh my God, you know? And, um, and that's been going on for decades. So I think I'll just stop there. I could go on. That's wonderful, thank you. Sure. Sherry, we must, we must end for today. Um, but just a infinite thank you. I would say enthusiastic and exciting and excited by you. Thank you as well. Well, thank you. I feel so grateful and enlivened and inspired and catalyzed and blessed. Um, and this has been super fun for me too. Absolutely. Lots of love to you. Mm, love to you all. I look and forward to the next time. We do too. We've been speaking with Sherry Herndon, co-founder of Indie Media, the global media network that laid the groundwork for global citizen journalism. She's a next level organizational consultant and evolutionary strategist for whole systems shifts.
and obviously much, much more. Keep an eye out for her new TV show, Awakening Together. She has a meditation site on Bandcamp that's also called Awakening Together. Her first meditation is called Deepening into Essence, and it's perfect for tapping into your highest potential and presence. From those who have used the meditation, it has been getting rave reviews. You can also connect with Sherry on Facebook. She goes by her real full name there. You can also connect with her through her website, sherryherndon.com, S-H-E-R-I-H-E-R-N-D-O-N.com. Thank you again, Sherry. I can tame my monkey mind I want to be a 